Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. So our guest today is Lauren Robbins. She's a Georgia-based designer known for blending art, antiques, and natural materials to create traditional designs with a modern edge. Lauren founded her design firm, Lauren Robbins Interiors, in 2018 and also opened a retail shop in Augusta, Georgia back in 2021. Her work has been featured in Veranda Magazine, Maine Home and Design, The Wall Street Journal, and more. Lauren, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I absolutely loved flipping through your portfolio. I can't speak for Liz or Taryn, but I just felt like, you know what? I, could, I would just move right in. <laughs> yeah. I would take any one come of these on. houses. I know. Y'all come on over. Not too far away, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It is such a happy portfolio, Thank too. Thank you. Yeah, we really, we really try and, you know, make our clients want to love where they live. That's really important for me. So much color. I mean, one of the things that I, I just love, and I know I know, I said on a recent episode that I am not a big fan of the term grand millennial. I feel like it's a little trendy, but I love the like traditional elements included in the grand millennial style. And you, right. God, you just do that so beautifully. But I just love how energized it feels. And it feels light and fresh. Thank you. And still really classic. Yeah. I mean, we really, um, we have a lot of fun with the homes that we design. And a lot of the things that we, you know, really encourage our clients to do is incorporate a lot of antiques or heirloom pieces. And that's something um, kind of how we all we got started was um, people would come to us and say, okay, I inherited this sofa from my grandmother and it's got these great lines, but how do I kind of keep it, make it fresh and updated? Or I have this chest and I know it's really beautiful, but I don't know how to style it without, you know, without it feeling old or without, you know, people kind of went away from brown furniture for a really long time. And I was like, don't ever do that. I love antiques. I love brown pieces. I'm like, no there are really great ways to keep them updated and make them fresh. And that is really kind of what the foundation of our business is about is really kind of uh, allowing people and encouraging people to keep these pieces um, and to incorporate them um, pieces that have history and meaning, incorporate them into their modern day decor and not to be scared of them. You know, I think sometimes these beautiful chests, people are like, okay, what do I do with it? You know? Um, And I think it's super easy, you know, add a great piece of modern art, a fun lamp, update the lampshade, and you've got yourself like a really cool kind of focal point in an entry or on a wall of a room. So, Okay, well, I'm going to need to ask some more questions about that (laughs) traditional wood cabinet a little later. Yes. I wanted to talk about, I wanted to start with just, you know, sort of your background. Where did you, where did your love of design come from and how did you get in? How did you start your firm? How did you get started? Absolutely. Well, it was a little convoluted. I actually grew up in North Carolina and went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and was a journalism major. And so at that time, I thought I was going to go into public relations, moved up to New York 
and tried to like conquer the fashion world. And after six weeks, I was like, oh gosh, I do not like this. This is not where I want to be. Um, so I ended up working for um, being an assistant for an for a family friend at an at an event planning company in the city. And it was such a cool opportunity to see not only to see New York City and everything you know everything that the city had to offer. We were doing events in museums. We were doing events in private homes, but it was a great way for me to really kind of figure out how to blend, you know, events and food because it was a catering event planning catering company. So they really kind of pushed the limits and pushed the boundaries with how you display food. And it was kind of, you know, the first time I'd ever seen, um, you know, little pedophores displayed on like a Lucite tier where, you know, the cater waiter is like wearing the food, you know what I mean? It was the coolest thing to kind of think about new ways to really present present food at parties. And so I did that and I was like, oh, wow, this, it really pushed me and encouraged me to think outside of the box when just thinking about normal day-to-day items. And so I lived in New York for a while. At the time, my then boyfriend and I were dating long distance. So I moved back to Raleigh um, to be, you know, we decided, okay, time to maybe live in the same city for a little bit. And um, his mother was an interior designer. And even though we were dating at the time, she w- she asked if I wanted to kind of join her and help her um, on her team. And I was like, great, sure. Um, so we worked together for a while. And then our job, or excuse me, my husband's job brought us to Augusta, Georgia. And when I got to Augusta, I didn't, we didn't really know anyone. We didn't really no, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I um, connected with an event planner who also did interior design. So it was kind of these two worlds that kind of molded together. And he asked me, he told me, he said, okay, if I help you with, if you help me with interior d- or event planning, I will help you learn more about interior design. And so it was kind of the, a great way to really kind of test the boundaries and see if this was something that I really wanted to get into. So he, um, he, I helped him with his events, especially like during the master's tournaments and weddings throughout the season. And he really taught me kind of the ins and outs of interior design. And he was very, very detail oriented and really taught me about just the little minute details that when you walk into a room, this, these are the things that you should be looking for. And so I worked for him for several years. And then after I had my first child, I decided just to kind of take a break and kind of step back. But all along after having him, I kind of was piddling and designing and kind of doing some things at my home. And then friends started to ask me, oh, what do you think about this? Oh, what do you think about, you know, my grandmother gave me this sofa. How do I, how do I make it fresh? How do I make it updated? What fabric would you put on here? And so that just kind of evolved over the years. And, you know, it would go from one sofa to a couple pillows to a whole room. And then eventually in 2018, I was like, oh, I guess this is actually getting a little bit legit. (laughs) And um, I think I need to start my own company. And so that's truly when um, Lauren Robbins Interiors was formed. So... (laughs) That is such a fun path. It's a yeah. fun path. I mean, it's an interesting path. It's one that, you know, we just, it just kind of happened organically. And it was one, it felt fun the entire time. It's not always a fun job, but it felt so natural. And it just kind of, things just kind of happened. And then I realized, oh, okay, 
you know, this is maybe I can make a career out of this. And that's what I really always wanted to do. So it just felt like it was the right direction to head in. You know, when you're designing projects, do you feel like you bring that event planner sort of mentality <laughs> to your projects in that you're are you designing thinking like, oh, like if they had a party, they do this or I mean, that's so interesting that you ask that because Augusta is synonymous with golf and the master's tournament. And obviously entertaining is like a big part of that whole process. And a lot of people do rent their homes out or, and it's just like a whole, there's a whole market for that. And um, so I do, I mean, I constantly, when thinking about a project, I'm constantly thinking about, okay, this will work for day-to-day living, but like, how is it going to work if you, you know, you're typically a family of five, how's it going to work if you're, you know, if you're hosting 12 to 20 people at your home, right? How are people going to get from the kitchen to the backyard? Is there out, is there a space for you to put a bar? Is there a space for you to do outdoor dining? I mean, those are the types of things that I really think about. And that's what a lot of people in Augusta think about as well, because a lot of times the homes that we are building um, or renovating are also have to kind of serve this like multi-use function. And because, you know, one week out of the year, they're kind of become these different vessels for corporations or for uh, patrons to come and use your home. So we, we do think about that a lot. Okay. Wait, that's such a wild concept. Yes. Right? Can we, like wait, whole... but can we explain this? I think I know. To, like, I know. Okay. Yeah. okay. You know, as uh, many of our listeners probably know, Taryn is also from Augusta. Mm-hmm. And so the first time I ever heard about this was through Taryn. <laughs> and I was like, that is wild. Absolutely. Okay. So y'all explain to people what you're talking about. Okay. Taryn, do you want to go or would you like me to start? I feel like you're a professional. Okay. <laughs> so you just go right well, on. And I'd be curious to kind of see like your perspective too, uh-huh. just from like having lived there Growing and yes, mm-hmm. and not being in my business. So it'll be interesting, but we, um, but yeah, so one week out of the year, always the first week of April, um, Augusta basically opens its doors to people from all over the world for the master's tournament. And, um, you know, all of the spring school spring breaks kind of line up um, around this one week. And many of the residents of Augusta rent their homes out so that patrons to the tournament can come in and basically stay in your home for for however long, typically a week, um, while they attend the tournament. And it's everyone from, you know, just, you know, just the everyday guy next door to corporations who are entertaining their clients. And so they may rent several houses throughout the neighborhood and then have a host house that where everyone goes. Oh, yeah. Yes, where everyone goes mm-hmm. every night for a, a fabulous dinner. And then they head off to the sleeper homes where they basically just sleep and then they get picked up the next day to be taken to the tournament. So it is kind of a wild concept. I mean, I was so new to it when, like I said earlier, John and I are not from Augusta. And so when we moved here, we were like, what is this? Okay. Like it just was kind of a a little, it was all, we were so fresh to the idea. And so, um, we've um we've kind of adapted to it and we've rented our house for several years and it is one of those things that people who don't know are just kind of taken aback by it it's it's really interesting Mm -hmm. so is that because there's not enough hotels is that because the hotels aren't nice enough for like the level of people like what why is why do people go to renting houses that seems a little weird yeah the town's just not that big like 
like she kind of explained, because then you have all these golfers, family, corporations that come in and like host, and it's just companies will it's bring many such people. Such an experience too. I think that's mm-hmm. the whole the whole thing. I mean, and we've been here probably eleven years. I've even seen it shift in that time. There aren't as many hotels. I mean, there's really it's really not a huge city, but um, there's not very many hotels. There are, I think, a lot of like especially golfers. They want a place that's comfortable, that's private, that really they can kind of sit back and kind of get into their routine, you know? Oh, you mean like the actual PGA golfer, like the yes, actual professional? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So some, so yeah, exactly. So some of, you know, some of my clients rent to golfers, some of them rent to corporations and they're either just what they call a sleeper home or they rent to corporations and they're the host home. As a host home, your responsibility is you typically don't have anyone sleeping at your house, maybe a couple of like the event coordinating staff, but every night, like, you know, this is when we're really thinking about like the design of how are people going to get in and out? How are we going to set up like the outdoor, you know, back porch or the backyard? How do they kind of turn that into an event space? But it's one that every single night, the decor is kind of changed and updated for a different type of party. And that is what I worked when I first moved to Augusta. That's what I worked with my old boss on. Like we were working for these clients where every night we transformed the backyard into a totally different experience. So does someone renovate their house knowing they're going to be a host home one day? Yeah. Yeah, that is yes. everything. Oh, wow. Everything revolves around oh, yes. getting your house I'm working, for masters. Absolutely, I'm working on a house right now where we're adding like a garage and um, back porch and back pool house. And there's certain things that we're doing like already are in the garage. We are doing plumbing and you know making sure we have electrical everywhere. So if they needed to create a catering kitchen in the garage, they could so that they could do all the entertaining around the pool deck. Yes, I mean it is. It's it's amazing. But these are things we think Mm -hmm. about in the design of our design. And we're still two years out on finishing that project. So that's crazy. I did not mean to turn this into like a podcast episode about master's hosting, but but I I do find it very interesting. I do love it. I mean, no, every, Mm. there's so many people Mm -hmm. who we speak with who aren't from Augusta and they feel the same way. They're like, this blows my mind. And also I think the reason (laughs) that we can invest in it is because we're one of the few tournaments where it's here every single year. So we know what to expect. I mean, people become familiar with the homes that they use as host homes, become familiar with the homes that they use as sleeper homes. They know the course, they know the staff, you know what I mean? Of Like they know the vendors that they're working with locally. Um, so after a while, it becomes a really well-oiled machine. And so um, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of a mind boggling concept, but it's a lot of fun for us. And it always allows us to continue to kind of keep our, our clients homes fresh and updated. And, you know, even, Mm -hmm. even if it's just like a little pillow refresh here, ever, you know, or, you know, new throws and new pieces of art, like we're constantly keeping things up to date in a lot of our clients homes. Do they get ruined by all these people? Mm. So it just depends. The goal is to have a really good contract. I've worked with, um, Mm -hmm. I work with a company for our home and we've got an ironclad contract. And so, you know, if anything's ruined, then the goal is that it would be replaced. Um, But most people are very, very respectful um, Mm -hmm. or else you don't rent it. Or the repeats. Yes, exactly. Yes, absolutely. And if you get like a repeat 
you know, same company or then you at least know. Right. Like, and a lot of what she was saying, what Lauren was saying was like, it's so true that like a lot of times they're just sleeping there. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I guess if you have the party house and it's got to happen. Yeah. But yeah. I think most people have pretty good contracts. Yes. And that's important. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you would want to have like a golfer there and not like the dudes visiting to, I don't know. Okay. I did hear, I did hear (laughs) someone was telling me a story (laughs) that like a group of guy friends. Yeah. True. That like a group of guy friends rented her mom's house every year and like they like messed up the Viking range. And so they had to replace the Viking range. And then they were like, you know what? We ended up just buying you like a 70 inch television because we're going to come back next year and your TV wasn't big enough. So like, just keep it and just keep it here for next year. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. And she probably kept oh it in, like in the attic. And then like, well, I, and I, there was, um, there's, there was a woman who, yeah, who would like keep certain, like she basically built out her attic to, you know, as like a whole floor and would keep like all the furniture up in the attic that they rented every year. And then like in the week before masters, they would all get moved down and their house was like completely transformed. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. But all that being said is that these houses are kind of, if you have the ability um, to do like the planning and the preparation ahead of time, knowing certain things like having bath on suite bathrooms, huge plus, right? That's a way that it just kind of makes it more appealing for renters, especially if you're a sleeper home, because a lot of times it's these corporations entertaining corporate clients, then the guests may not all know each other. So they're not necessarily comfortable sharing a bathroom. So an ensuite bathroom is like a huge plus. And so if you're building a home, knowing that in advance and having ensuite bathrooms is just something that is kind of an added bonus and will, you know, be more appealing to renters. So definitely just little things to think about. So. Okay. Let's get back to your team. (laughs) (laughs) As much as I enjoy that. I love Um, it. (laughs) Okay. Well, tell it. Okay. As I mentioned in the introduction, um, you have a pretty traditional style, I would say. Would you say that? I mean, I, I love, yes, I like would err on the side of tradition more so than like more modern contemporary. We kind of call it like tradition with a twist, right? I always love adding like something kind of funky and different. So I want someone to walk up or walk into a home and be like, ooh, oh my God, I never would have thought to put those two things together. And so that makes me happy. You know what I mean? I'm like, I know, but isn't it great? Like, doesn't it work? You know? And they're like, yes, I love it. Those are the types of things that um, that really make me happy. I kind of try and think outside of the box with just, especially with, with decorative accessories. Those are always things that I really, really kind of search high and low for, whether it's at an antique shop or estate sales, or if we're going over to Scott's in Atlanta or High Point Market, which we just got back from. I love, I'm always on the hunt for some really kind of cool accessories for, you know, a little sit about on top of um, a, a chest or a little, little knickknacks inside of a bookshelf. So just to kind of make it feel a little fun and interesting. Okay, let's talk about that wood that wood uh, chest thing that you were mentioning earlier. Yes. Okay, you mentioned you mentioned some art. You mentioned a gray lamp and lampshade. But yeah, how how does one take? Because I think partially it's like the mental block you've got when you've seen something a certain way for mm-hmm. a long time, and it's hard to just like extract it out of that context. You know, what are your favorite ways to give a wooden piece that maybe someone has had for a long time but can't 
figure out how to make it look cool. How do you make it cool? Yes. Well, and I think, um, I definitely think there's like, so once a, a few different ways to go, but I think that, you know, definitely the funky kind of decorative accessories are always something I try to incorporate hands down every single time. I love working with independent artists. Um, I've worked with this potter down in New Orleans who she'll create these amazing bowls and they're just really beautiful and misshapen flowers. And all of a sudden she'll start, she'll send me one that's, you know, a bright green, you know, when all she's been sending me is white. And I'm like, Oh my God, these are so fabulous. I love them. Um, I also, um, I love really kind of fun and different mirrors. And so typically you would think, Oh, maybe like a plain Louis Philippe over a chest, that sort of mirror is really kind of is something that is definitely a safe bet. And I love a good Louis Philippe mirror. I think that I use them in almost every project. But if you want to kind of make a a chest feel a little bit more updated and kind of, like I said, a little unexpected, which we always love. I mean, I um, recently found this really beautiful old tin mirror and it was paint had this like really beautiful like light green patina on it and it just looked like it had been like handmade by a an artist in Mexico and I was like this is so cool it's so different like it's the first thing you see when you walk in this client's home I mean it's definitely one of those things that when you walk in you want someone to be like oh my god like where'd you get that like tell me the story behind it and I feel like any piece that you have, you know, having something that you could kind of, that can tell a story is so important. Well, it adds that layering again, right? And just really adding depth yes. to something more going on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's so important is there, there needs to kind of be these different layers. And, and that's, you know, what a, a fun pleated lampshade does, you know, with the, when it has like a little bit of pattern on it, a little bit of color, um, it just adds like that other, another level, another like dimension to, to a space. So I love the way you pick patterns because I feel like they're very unexpected, not what one would expect of a traditional design. And yet your design in, in general, you know, has this timelessness to it. So how do you pick a pattern? you know, in your process? Yeah, absolutely. So we typically um, will start with a kind of the one fabric that kind of tells the story for the entire room and work off of that fabric to build the other layers of the room. And, you know, in our office, we have these um, pin boards where when we're working, we are pinning fabrics up and really kind of stepping back and really kind of seeing, you know, how each of the fabrics work together and la- and how they work together as layers in a room. So basically what we'll do is we'll find that fabric that kind of, you know, is our inspiration. It's the fabric that has the color and the pattern. And what we'll do is we'll pin it up and, you know, pull together other fabrics that really kind of blend well with it. So if, if, for instance, we've got this floral with a bunch of color, um, we love kind of incorporating a stripe. We love incorporating um, other fabrics with geometric with geometric patterns, fabrics that really kind of have um, texture, fabrics that blend some of the colors that are located in the florals. I mean, we really kind of want it all to make sense as you go from one piece to the next within a room. Um, So what we'll do is we'll, you know, get a bunch of of stripes and pin those up on a board. We'll get a bunch of, you know, fun geometrics kind of pulling out, you know, 
what some of the colors that are in that floral will pull together some maybe a tweed something with some woven that kind of has all of the different colors woven into it and really we'll step back and what we want to see when we're looking at this pin board is does it feel balanced? You know, we've scale plays a lot into um, our designs. And so we, I love kind of playing with scale. So if I have a really big oversized floral, then I love kind of playing with, you know, kind of having that little juxtaposition of a really, really thin stripe. So when you go um, you don't even sometimes know it's a stripe until you walk right up onto it, right? And it's kind of a fun kind of play um, that, you know, it's once again, that little pop of unexpected that we love to see. So, um, but what we'll do is we'll pin everything up on the board and there may be multiple stripes, multiple G metrics, and then we'll start taking things away. And then once we have this whole kind of color story or this whole story, that's when we're ready to present to clients. Okay, that is such a, you know, we talk about swatches all the time, and mm-hmm. obviously designers love a swatch, makes total sense. Like, you need to get the feel of it, you know, you need to get an accurate read on the color, but I feel like I never really experience my swatches from far away. I am, like, holding them, I'm holding them next right. to something, but now I'm thinking, maybe I should, maybe I do, that's, it's a good um, test, I think, because often you're experiencing a room from far away. You know, you're right. looking into it from another room or you're passing by it. And so you need to kind of get a feel for how a pattern is going to look from really far away and and up close. So it's like, okay, the the pinboard thing is actually a great exercise because you're getting to sort of glance at it like more casually and from a further distance and you probably experience a, a pattern differently that way. Yeah, absolutely. I've never thought about well, that. I know. And it's a good thing too. You know, a pin board is great because it allows you to kind of pin it up and walk away. Right. And so, you know, one thing that we try and eliminate are mistakes in design. Right. And, you know, we've all made them. It's so easy to do. And, you know, it's a great if you're thinking about using some fabrics, pin it up walk by it every day for a week. Do you still love it as much as you did? Do you know what I mean? Um, Is this what you want your entire sofa to be covered in? Or is it better for, you know, maybe just that little petite armchair that's in a corner to be covered in this? And then maybe you do your sofa in a different fabric. So just, um, it's a good kind of exercise that we, you know, that I always, and I love to kind of pin a look up and kind of say, okay, I'm going to put it on pause and then come back tomorrow and kind of see if this is something that, you know, I'm still as in love with this entire design as I was yesterday. And then sometimes I'm flipping through and I find another fabric and things change and that's okay too. So what about when you have like a more of an antique piece that needs new upholstery? Because I, I have this great, I have this chair and it's like a Berger chair. Of course, we always lead back to questions in our own house, but sorry. Right. Um, I love it. <laughs> no, but I have this old Berger chair and it really needs new upholstery and it's in my living room. And I, I always struggle. I'm like, okay, I kind of want to put something like totally not traditional on it because mm-hmm. it is so traditional. But then you know, there's sometimes where I'm like, maybe just a classic stripe or a solid. What is your kind of thought process on on updating the upholstery on a very obviously antique silhouette? Yes, I think it depends on the other elements of the room, right? So I think it depends on what else you have going on in a space. So for me, it's really, once again, like 
thinking about the whole, the room as a whole and how it all balances out, right? So it's like, okay, does anything in this space have a solid fabric? Okay. I usually typically try to have something that has a solid fabric, something that maybe blends several fabrics, whether it's a tweed or kind of a boucle or something with a little bit of nub to it. I love a floral. I love stripes. Obviously I love having a little element of geometric added to it. So, you know, I think dependent, depending on what else you have in that space is going to determine what would go on that chair. But like, don't be afraid to put a modern fabric on a traditionally antique chair, because I think that's kind of, once again, that unexpected element that makes it people kind of stop and be like, huh, never would have thought to do that. And it's, that's what makes design so fun. Okay. So it really, can go either way. You could go super it, modern. It really can. I know. And I hate that I didn't give an answer, but I think that it really depends on what you've got going on in the room. Well, can I put a granny fabric on a granny chair though? That's the thing yes. I think I struggle with. Yes. Okay. Right. Yes. I think so. Absolutely. And a big floor, like a beautiful floral and, and kind of play, you know, fun way to kind of play with it is to kind of do a, a potentially do a contrast welt, something with like a little fun color or a gimp that kind of outlines the entire chair, um, but may have a little pop of color that you normally wouldn't expect to do. Okay. So that leads into color because I really love your color palettes and your use of color. You're not shy when it comes to color. No. Um, <laughs> and yet and yet your rooms really are like feel traditional, but they feel very youthful because of the sense of color that you add. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you think about when you're doing a color palette for a room? You know, do you start with a fabric? Do you go monochromatic? Do you go complementary? How what is your first take? Yeah. I mean, typically I, I do love to incorporate color in some shape or form. Um, I really do encourage our clients to try and use something that they have, you know, whether it's, um, you know, someone will give me some inspiration. They may have, you know, a leftover roll of fabric and we'll use it as pillows. They may have like this piece of art that they've always loved and I'll build a room around that. Um, so it really depends on what I'm working with, but I, you know, I, I do tend to use color. Um, if I'm using color on walls, then I try and keep other elements of the room kind of light and airy so that it doesn't feel too heavy and kind of add these, these pops of color with add these kind of el other elements with art and pillows and things like that to kind of keep it feeling fresh. But I really try to work with, I love incorporating art. I love using art as like a, the basis for the design. I think it's so fun and it can kind of lead you in so many different directions. And so that's where we pull a lot of our inspiration from. I love your color too. I mean, you, it's like, I don't know. I just think the paint colors like that purple, purple kitchen. Oh my gosh. I know. Oh. And and you, y'all, that was such a fun project because this client is in her 70s and has been born and raised in a very traditional, you know, Augusta, Georgia. And I, she has the most interesting life, has traveled all over the world, has this fabulous art collection. And as we were looking around her home, I noticed every single piece of her art had this kind of what what did we end up calling it? I think we ended up calling the the color of the cabinetry like 
Pinot Noir or Chianti. You know, we just, we couldn't decide on the color. And so we were like, let's I love name it. it after a <laughs> bottle of wine. Of course, why not? And so we're going to call it Chianti today. But I noticed that she had this kind of, you know, this purple in every single piece of art in her home. And I looked at her and I was like, okay, you're going to think I'm, I'm nuts here, but like, how do you feel about pulling in this color for your kitchen cabinets? I was like, you have it in literally every single piece of art that we're going to put in this kitchen and the art that's in the dining room, the art that's in your living room, you know, from one room to the next. And she was, and she just kind of was like, okay, let's do it. And so then because I had, you know, what we would, you know, typically call like kind of these rich, dark cabinets, we then knew that we needed kind of a lighter, a lighter countertop, right? So it didn't feel too heavy. Like I couldn't have put like a traditional, like a soapstone and I love soapstone, but I couldn't have put a soapstone in this kitchen because then it would have felt really, really heavy. Um, and this particular client, she wanted corpse. And so, which is a man-made product. And so that kind of gave me the opportunity to kind of go to the stone yard and pick out, you know, little quartz samples and play with the the color and really make sure it was something that we loved. And that was a super fun project because, you know, she really let me push the limits on what you would typically see, you know, in a kitchen. Nowhere have I ever done a a purple kitchen, but I love that one. It's so fun. Yeah. I loved that one too. Well, okay. Speaking of dilemmas, I wonder if we should answer the (laughs) question we got from um, our listener. So this is actually kind of a fun one because Kim wrote in before, and so we've kind of got the original MLS photos that she shared with us the first time and then some updates as well. So, all right. She says, hi, ladies. You all helped me out with great tips a few months back when we first moved into our new home. And all I had was the listing images of our family room. In the last few months, we've lime washed the bricks, stripped the mantle that was painted brown, replaced the paneling with drywall, and replaced the carpeting. It's come a long way, but it definitely still needs lots of help. The main issues we feel right now are all the white feels a bit cold and the emerald green velvet mm-hmm. chair I loved in my last home feels overly saturated and cool tone now. So my question, what can I do to make this space feel cozier, warmer, more complete? We have pretty eclectic style. I love Heidi Kaler. Can't remember how she says that. And Stephanie Sabi, my husband leans away more mid-century transitional. And I love this room. It doesn't fit the rest of our house at this point. I would like to get more seating, another armchair for the space. What style and fabric would you recommend to tone down the green velvet? Last question, should I paint the room or do a grass cloth, grass cloth wallpaper? Any suggestions for shorter long-term changes would be amazing. I'm trying my best to be patient with planning so we can invest in pieces we truly love over time, especially since our home budget is mainly going towards a backyard renovation in the coming months. Thanks, Kim. I know. Okay. That's, that's so funny that she mentioned the grass cloth because that was one of the first things that I thought of when I saw that space, because I, I was like, the room just needs like a little bit of like texture. And so that was one of the things I was like, okay, it needs a little bit of texture, a little bit of depth on those walls. 
Um, but I definitely think adding like a really kind of a warm, you know, she's got like that rich, rich green velvet chair. And so I think adding like a warm kind of camel color grass cloth would really kind of make that space feel really cozy. I definitely think curtain panels would soften the space, something easy and on traverse rods. So that way they can kind of open and close really easy over that, you know, full door. And yeah. And then probably, a chest, like when I'm looking at the the picture, the chest, uh, a chest or something with a beautiful piece of art um, where that guitar is. Do you see? Do you see that that yes. back wall? Um, I feel like it'd be nice when you walk down those stairs to have this a chest that's almost as a little bit of like a drop zone mm-hmm. to be used for different things. I mean, you know, if you have a record player down there, if you have, you know, putting a lamp or a piece of art over it, I just think that would be a nice little focal point that you could also probably see from outdoors as well. I don't think the green chair looks weird at all. I mean, I think she could add some more green, but I, I it's a really handsome it's chair. It's a great chair. It's a great chair and the lines are great, like the arms and then the little, the legs with the casters. I think it's great. I mean, I do think if she wants, you know, it's a big chair, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think keeping that chair there and then maybe doing two smaller scale kind of swivel chairs, maybe barrel back swivel chairs, since she doesn't really have anything that's rounded back, kind of on either end of the coffee table, maybe will kind of make it feel like there's more, there's additional seating. But if those two barrel back chairs matched and maybe kind of were in a woven material that incorporated the green, I think that would be really nice as well. Any other, um, okay, so you said grass cloth in like a camel tone, a console on that wall where the guitar is. On the wall, yeah, great, fun piece of art. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, she needs like a little bit of color on that wall. And she's already got a bookshelf in that other corner, but I think a great like chest or media piece or a console on that wall with a great piece of art and maybe a table lamp for some low lighting would be great. And then two probably barrel chairs on either side of the um, coffee table. And that would solve her need for additional seating. Yeah. I love the the idea of more chairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a great space and I love how it opens up to the outdoors and mm-hmm. really just, you know, you could open those sliding glass doors and let the outside in, which is wonderful. Yeah. Kim, you have a, you have a, you've, you've definitely made a lot of progress from those first photos. Yes, so, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So were those the photos from her, the MLS? Yes. Type? Okay. Yes, 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 yes. No, she's, she's done a good job. Mm-hmm. Well, keep us posted. Keep sending your keep sending mm-hmm. your living room in. We'll keep giving you feedback. We love an uh, update. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love seeing it the room grow. It's yeah, really great. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, Lauren, thank you so much. Thank you for chatting with us. And um, I loved our little detour into master's yes, protocol. <laughs> thank y'all so much for having me. It was so fun to be with you today. And I can't wait to keep listening and hear about all your projects. <laughs> I can't wait to see how your office workspace comes along. Thank you. Well, I, I got to like psych myself out. Um, can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you and see your work? 
Yes, absolutely. Well, we are pretty active on Instagram where you can follow us at Lauren Robbins Interiors. Also, our portfolio is available online at our website, laurenrobbinsinteriors.com. And, you know, you can always um, reach out to us through DMs or by contacting us on our website. So we'd love to hear from you and just always, you know, love to appreciate everyone's support of our business. It's been so fun as we've grown. I just love your Instagram. And I think, I mean, I don't know, you popped up on mine one day and I was like, oh my God, I just love every yeah. single space here. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We have a, the power of Instagram. We have a lot of fun. So we're going to just keep doing it as long as it's fun and we're enjoying ourselves. So that's what's so, so important. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating!